Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Get to the Point here in the wonderful audio recording room in Ranger Hall on the Kingston campus of the University of Rhode Island. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my partner in crime, my so-called sidekick, Sean Anderson. How you doing, Sean? Still chasing after green gods, Joe, and sidekick? <laughs> I couldn't come up with a, a, a creative name like I normally do quick enough, so I was just like, I'm going to see if I can make it mad. You couldn't have an adjective loaded up yet? No, I, I, I realized as soon as we started recording, I'm like, I don't have an adjective for him. So like, you know, at least I'll rile him up a little bit, get him going. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess that's payback for the talent uh, joke I made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, all right. Well, I know one thing has already riled you up, and I completely forgot to mention him yesterday. But I think we're missing someone. Yeah, I mean, two-thirds of the show is here. I mean, so it's the original crew, but yeah. our new... Uh, you bring a guy on and he doesn't wanna, even want to show up. Yeah, almost a, a vagabond, if you will. Jake Fire. Vagabond. Love for him to come through sometime, you know. That'd be <laughs> nice. You know, three-man show. He'll, We'd like he'll, to have all three men here. He'll be back eventually. Hopefully on Friday we'll work him in because, again, he's now a part of our trio originally it was just the duo but now it's a trio very talented voices from the URI football program again hopefully he's back soon but God knows what well, he's doing right now we, we even tried to get him to call in that didn't work that's fine can't really persuade him into much right maybe we should have just called him and put him on the spot I mean I I don't know if that if that's that worth it I you think he'd know enough about Kyler Murray he, him, yes. I, I, you know, I, you never know because he is a Kyler Murray. Uh, he's Patriots a baseball guy. Slot receiver. <laughs> I slot like receiver him as a, the- I like him as a Keenan Al- or not a uh, uh, Julian Edelman type guy. Yeah, <laughs> perfect scheme fit. Play second base for the Sox. Also, it, I think I'd hang up with him if he started talking about Gosh. that. Gosh, uh, New England with him. But and you already <laughs> mentioned it. Is that Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner? Also, ninth overall pick declared for the NFL draft. Now, this was despite the MLB making some pretty strong efforts to keep him, especially the athletics, but it was rumored that he was seeking $15 million to be paid in order to stay with baseball, and that wasn't enough for him. And frankly, do you blame him? Do you blame him for seeking out the football opportunity, considering how much of a struggle it is to play in the minor league system and to work your way up. Uh, Murray was going to play in the bigs. He he puts people in the seats. I think he's good enough too also. But the, the thing here is, though, is that even the best players have to play in the minors at some point. So would you rather play in the minor leagues of baseball, have to deal with the nonsense that comes with being at that lower level? You don't get paid them obviously he has his, he got a signing bonus in his contract but a lot of those guys don't get paid very much they don't get the same quality of treatment they're staying in motels they're sleeping in multiple beds sharing beds very tight conditions just basically to learn how to play baseball at the major league level do you think it would have been worth it for him do you blame him i mean i think that the only people that should be speaking on this are the people that have played both football and baseball and can provide that sense of clarity between the two sports okay so you're saying yourself like no no no, like Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson for instance I think those two should be the main leading voices in which sport 
they would have rather prefer, uh, preferred. Like Deion Sanders yesterday on NFL Network uh, spoke about how he wished he had put more into baseball, how he had regrets about not pursuing baseball more and, and dedicating more of his time and life to it. Uh, so I think that's really interesting, but maybe he's just trying to see Kyler Murray stay healthy and continue his athletic career longer. It, it always did seem that Dion did like playing baseball, albeit it was really only for, only for one season, but we never really got to see that full extent of the Dion playing baseball. He was with the Atlanta Braves for a very, very short period of time. I think he the, there's a interesting stat with him that he's the only player to ever play in a Super Bowl and a World Series. But he's not the only guy to do it. There's a couple other guys that, that really come to mind, and it, it reminds me of the situation. So you said Bo Jackson, and to an extent you could say Tim Tebow, but he's a little bit of the reverse order. But the most obvious one, and I don't know if you know him or remember him, but Jeff Samarja. Jeff Samarja was a Blitnikoff finalist two years in a row at Notre Dame. He was huge. He's six foot five. The shark? Two hundred Jeff Samarja. Yeah, the shark. He's he's a pitcher in the MLB right now. Mm-hmm. But he was considered to be a top fifteen talent at wide receiver. He's six five, incredibly quick, can move very well, had great hands, and he actually expected to try and play both but was convinced otherwise to stick with baseball. And if that's really panned out for him, he's been a a high-level pitcher in some seasons, but he's been a little bit non-existent, especially in the earlier part of his career and a little bit more now towards the end of his career. But with all these guys setting this precedent, it it again, it just it creates such an interesting almost vacuum for what Kyler Murray's going to do. And and frankly in my opinion, I think that he's better off trying to play football for the money reason, and I think that's what's motivating him because he was trying to finagle fifteen million dollars. Another for the money reason? No, but he was trying to get another six mil more million dollars than the A's were supposed to pay him. Eleven. I thought they were going to pay him nine. Four. Oh, it's four. So it's eleven more do- million more dollars. Eleven more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I want eleven more dollars, and I will stick to baseball. Open. Right. <laughs> but he clearly is doing this for the money reasons. I'm sure he obviously has a love for the sport. It's not but true. He, you don't think so? Baseball players get paid much more. But he wouldn't have seen that money in three to four years. They get even paid longer. So much more, Joe. Yes, the top level guys get paid more, but it takes a while to get, they get that. Paid his more his and rookie for longer, deal, and his, for longer. his rookie deal in the NFL is going to pay him more than it is going to for the first few years, few years in the MLB. If you do the numbers, it's not even close. Comment on the live stream. Kyler Murray will get folded like a lawn chair. Who said that? <laughs> not sure. I gotta. You want to maintain it because you're a little closer. Or you want? Me yeah, to I, I can see it. But right, you can see it. The thing with his football performance, and that, and that's what's really opening things up here for the discussion, is is he even capable of playing in the NFL? A lot of people have considered him to be the best quarterback prospect if he had come out. Now he's coming out, and this whole discussion is starting to build up, build up. His numbers at Oklahoma in his Heisman winning season were incredibly impressive. You got 4,300 passing yards, 42 passing touchdowns, only seven interceptions, a 69 completion percentage, 1,001 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. And then just a kind of little tidbit, his last year playing baseball at Oklahoma, he's batting 296, 47 RBIs, and 10 home runs. 
do you think that a guy that is only 5'9", 5'10", is capable of playing in the National Football League as a quarterback? Yes. I think height is starting to matter less. I think if you're in the right uh, play-action pass systems, you can get outside the pocket. You can still see the whole field. It's not the – I mean, offensive coordinators are so creative now that they can make sure that he can see. They're going to make sure that he can find the clear throwing lanes. Obviously, it's a little more desirable if you can have a taller quarterback, see over the line, uh, you know, see see a little better. Other than that, nice. Big fingers over there. Oh, come on. <laughs> but I, I, I don't see anything that's going to necessarily stop him. I mean, he is not the – Biggest guy, but I think he's talented enough and quick enough that he can make uh, plays when need be. When I look at Kyler Murray, as far as how he is as a prospect, he almost gives me the sense of a more athletic Drew Brees because Drew Brees is small and Kyler Murray is a lot smaller, but the thing that he makes up for his height is easily being the most athletic quarterback in this year's draft class. He's quick. If he runs a 40, he's probably going to be in that 4-4 range. His 5-10-5 is going to be the best among the quarterbacks. Heck, he's probably going to have a better 5-10-5 than some of the top receiver prospects. I can't wait for his 5-10-5. I, I can't I wait honestly, for his 40. I anyway. can't wait for the whole combine. It's going to be immaculate watching him perform, seeing him do the things that he does best, which is flashes athleticism. He's probably going to have a great vertical as well, a great broad jump. He's just going to completely test off the charts, and that's going to ultimately put him in the biggest discussion is the best quarterback in this class. He's so quick. but His, the, his the, feet are so quick. Yeah, honestly. But the thing, though, that it's a lot of times with these smaller quarterbacks is that their arm strength isn't as good. But in this case, he's a center fielder. He has a pretty good arm. It's no issue for him to make those deep throws down the field and find them. And another key thing is his ability to throw on the run is really unmatched to some other guys in the league. I think it's. I think he could have a shot in the NFL. I think he could have a shot in the MLB. I think he does need to talk to Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson and Jeff Samarja and everyone that's had that opportunity, Russell Wilson, all these guys, uh, Colin Kaepernick, everyone that's kind of had the opportunity to, to play baseball and football, kind of weigh the options and the circumstances for each and every player and then make a decision on your own. I mean, you're not going to – don't let – uh, some guy that's played neither sports tell you what to do, or some guy that's only played one tell you what to do. Uh, I think he needs to find a select group and let them try and persuade him or just give him their stories. Uh, that, that that I think that's the best way he can go about this. The thing that I I feel is really influencing him, and if you think about it, if you play football first, you can always come back to baseball. Right. But you can't go to baseball and then come back to football because – you're going to spend three years in the minors, realistically. You're going to play a few years in the MLB. And by the time you decide, hey, I want to try this football thing, you're going to be 30. No one's going to invest in a guy that's been separated from, from football for around eight years and hasn't thrown a pass, been under center, at the quarterback position of all positions. Nobody's going to invest in that. But on the other flip side of that, he plays for five years in the NFL, maybe a little bit longer. And then once he feels that he's done – or he doesn't think he can really do it any longer, he takes a step back, he reaches out to the athletics who, who or whoever has his contract rights, and he goes back to playing baseball. It's not, a, it's not that difficult to transition if he does that. I don't believe so either. I think it could happen. But 
you almost don't want to see his baseball skills deteriorate uh, while he's well, playing football. If you think about it, his some of his skills aren't really going to deteriorate that much. He's doing a lot of throwing. It's a different motion, but he's still doing a lot of throwing. His his shoulder and his arm is going to be yeah, but you in bat. good shape. You got to bat every day, Joe. That is true. You got to swing the bat and see that ball come at you every day. If he approaches this right and he has the right intentions, I'm sure that during the offseason, he's going to train for both. He's going to take advantage of the opportunities for both. And then the other thing is I honestly would not be surprised if he had a Bo Jackson type approach to this and tried to do both. Because he's I'd very capable that. of it. I'd love that. He's very capable of it. Now, we got a lot of coaching decisions to talk about, and albeit they were last week, they're still very, very polarizing. And for that reason, they obviously need to be discussed. So we're going to go down this list. We're going to give a little bit of a breakdown on each one. And the first being... Now, Joe, just a pre, pre yes. prelude. I mean, you're a big coach guy, aren't you? Like, you like the coaches aspect of football. I think that more than any other sport, the head coach and the coaching staff has the biggest impact on the game, which is 100% true. Any other sport, basketball, head coach, barely does anything. Managers, barely does anything in baseball. Football, they operate the scheme. They, they control the culture. They control so many things. And that's why it's important to hit right, which is very interesting to see these teams taking risks. What are you counting? I'm counting how many of these coaches I don't know. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can so, tap out on them because I can, I can talk about them. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, the, six before this last week. The first and most <laughs> interesting one. That's bad. The f first and most interesting one, and I would assume you know about him, is Cliff Kingsbury going to the Cardinals. He was recently hired as the USC offensive coordinator after being fired from his alma mater where he played quarterback as their head coach. Now, what in God's name qualifies a guy that was fired from Texas Tech, of all places, qualifies him to coach an NFL franchise? What qualifies him? I, I don't know. I mean, everyone's in an outrage over this guy. I don't know the first thing about him. I, I, all I know is that he wears like Ray-Ban sunglasses on the sidelines, and he like <laughs> I, I don't know he tries to like look good. I, I, I you know I don't very know. attractive Apparently. man. He, <laughs> he I will be I'm going to be completely honest with you here. He is easily the most attractive NFL coach. And somehow that's a big okay. We can get into that. Uh, somehow that's a big issue with everybody that he's like, uh, you know, he's not some slob coaching, mm -hmm. and then it. it I don't know. Do we really want to get in this Cliff Kingsbury thing? Because, I mean, apparently it's it's racist if you think that uh, it's okay that he got the job. Like, so, if someone thought he was qualified and thought he was going to be a good coach mm -hmm. in the Cardinals organization, and you agree with that, somehow it's a racist statement. I don't want to get in the race aspect, but the thing here well, I mean, so do you want, with I mean, Kingsbury I, is I think he's qualified to be an offensive coordinator. What he did for that offense when he was with Texas Tech, he coached Baker Mayfield, he coached Patrick Mahomes in that explosive air raid offense, which the NFL has gradually shifted closer and closer toward. He can really light up an offense, and he is perfect for Josh Rosen. But my only issue with this is that he is just not qualified to be an NFL head coach. I pray to God that he has the same approach that Sean McVay had 
in which he brought in Wade Phillips to be his defensive coordinator. He needs to get an older, veteran defensive presence in order to control things when they get out of hand for him. I mean, Wade Phillips, why not, like, Lovey Smith? Mm-hmm. You know, why not Mike Singletary? Why not bring him back? Yeah, exactly. They would they would be perfect fits for him. Sarcastic. But the <laughs> wow. All right. I don't know. But the the it's thing with Kingsbury and a lot of these hires is everybody is searching for the next Sean McVay. And if you look at this list, it is really a desperate attempt to go after the next Sean McVay. And the and the next one that really hits on here is Packers head coach. Matt LaFleur, who was previously the offensive coordinator for the Titans. So they saw a drop-off in production when he joined the Titans coaching staff and started calling plays. Guy's 39 years old. He has an affiliation with Sean McVay. Do you think he is what is needed to work with Aaron Rodgers? I I don't know. I don't know enough about <laughs> I don't know about enough about LaFleur. I I'm not the one you need to be asking this. Does okay. he does he have the ability to work with Aaron Rodgers? Because apparently, according to you, nobody does. Well, <laughs> I stepping on my cord. I think that the You're re- still stepping on it. I'm not. Okay. Yes, you are. I think that the reason why that they brought him in is because he is kind of a pushover, and <clears throat> um, that he's not really. He's going to be a guy that, that I have heard that he about. will do what Aaron Rodgers tells him to do. Right, and that's why they brought him in. Well, the, this the, I think this hire among all of them is going to be the the worst to pan out. Oh, jeez, why? Because Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of control. No, I just don't think that uh, a guy that called plays for one season and then also saw a dip in offensive production. like the, <laughs> That Titans offense was just not good right. this year. It was just not good this season. So on this list of guys, who do you know and who do you want to talk about? I do want to talk about Bruce Arians. Okay. And I do want to talk about Adam Gase. All right, talk about Bruce Arians. What are your thoughts on bringing in Bruce Arians, former Arizona head coach? I think it's a nightmare. I think the Bucks aren't going to get any better with him. I like Bruce really? Arians. I don't think the Bucks are a good squad. I lo- I like Bruce Arians. I like his. I like the way he goes about handling with his players. I like his uh, energy. I like his vibe as a coach. I don't think he will make an impact on that Buccaneers team. They need a complete overhaul. So they need to move on from pretty much every piece that they have. Yeah. See, the thing here though is with Arians, he's made it very apparent that he hates rookie quarterbacks that he hates grooming them. And that's honestly, if you think about it, it's why he left the Cardinals. He didn't want to have to build and grow and develop a young quarterback. Because I'm sure they gladly would have kept him and had him work with Josh Rosen, but he didn't want to. <laughs> so, so does he just buy like eight-year-old dogs <laughs> instead of getting puppies? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he ships off his kids until they're like 15 to come right. back. <laughs> but, <laughs> But the interesting thing with Arians, though, is as soon as they realize that Jameis Winston isn't going to be the guy, he's not going to be around. I don't think he wants to deal with bringing in somebody new and trading for them, which very rarely works. Just bring in Flacco or Dalton and let him work with either of them. That'll be fine by me. But did you know that he he and Jameis Winston are very tight? They're very good friends. Did you know that? No. How is that even possible? They... Jameis Winston runs a youth camp, and Bruce Arians comes to it every year. He helps out it every year. They're, like, very close. I don't know how that connection happened, but I'm sure that they brought in Arians with the intent of pairing him with Jameis Winston because they want someone that can keep him from doing stupid shit. You're welcome. Nice. Okay. 
Now, uh, the other one that you said that you wanted to talk about was Adam Gase. Adam Gase, fine with it. You know, I mean, not the most attractive hiring, I guess. See Cliff Kingsbury, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally, but it's. <laughs> But I mean, it's inoffensive to me to have him in uh, in New York. I he was with Miami, if I'm correct. Yeah, he was with, with Miami, and he got fired. Was he the Was he with Tannehill? The one year Tannehill was lighting it up. The year that they made the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. The year that they made the playoffs, and then he was hurt the rest of the time. Before that, he was the offensive coordinator for Jay Cutler with the Bears. The year before that, he was with Peyton Manning. Yeah, I'm I'm all for Gates. Gase. You're all for Gase. Well, I'm fine with him. You know, inoffensive. I, I do agree that the Gase situation is probably the best one. The only thing I don't like about it is that I'm sure that he was playing up to the, oh, it wasn't my fault we did poorly in Miami. But I mean, he had Matt Moore as a quarterback for and good. And Brock Osweiler yeah. and oh, Jay Cutler. Poor guy. Poor Adam Gase. Poor Adam you know Gase. What? I'm all in on Adam Gase. What? Why? I'm Just all in. you sympathize with yes, him? Yes, I'm all You're in. You're a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rube. The situation with Gase, though, is that he is a very talented offensive mind. But interestingly enough, besides Bruce Arians, he's the only other guy with any coaching experience as a head coach. He's young. He's only about 40 years old. Young dude. But he honestly might be the perfect situation for Sam Darnold, bringing in an offensive-minded guy. He's, he's lauded as this quarterback whisperer another quarterback whisperer another quarterback whisperer how many well, of these he's guys the only, are there he's only quote unquote the only quarterback whisperer on this list the rest of these guys are just offensive minds or somehow finesse the shit out of the nice. the interview process you said cliff kingsbury was a quarterback whisperer i he's not so much a quarterback i didn't say he was a whisperer i'm saying he's an offensive genius you said he, he had baker mayfield and patrick mahomes but i didn't say he was a quarterback i'm just saying who he's worked with we can, we can run back the tape i'm pretty sure you i said didn't he was say that i didn't say the word whisperer i said he worked with some good quarterbacks which is proven he's also worked with davis webb but he's he has proven track record with quarterbacks and developing them into a decent prospect here's looking a little wispy today yeah i, did, I had a hat on it's not staying down too well. Rogaine. The Rogaine. What? The other coaching decision that I think is worth talking about because the rest of these are a little bit bland. Besides maybe the Zach Taylor one. You want to run through the other ones that we didn't. I, hit we don't need to hit uh, them or just mention them. Well, uh, Bengals are going to sign offensive coordinator for the Rams, Zach Taylor. Dolphins want to bring in defensive coach Brian Flores from the Patriots. Broncos hired Vic Fangio who I think was probably the best hire out of any of these. Where was he from? He's the defensive coordinator with the Bears. So he's going to a oh, defensive-loaded yeah. team. They need to figure out their quarterback situation if they want to make some advancements forward. But he's just a tough, hard-nosed guy. He's been in the league for a long time. He's going to make some changes for that Broncos team. Is, but there, is there any development with the, the Cowboys defensive uh, coordinator? He's staying. He's staying. There's no other job opening, so mm, he's staying. The, there was a lot of speculation of him leaving to go somewhere. Because he was one of the top touted, right? Yeah, he yep. was, but he's one of those guys that wants to finish the job in Dallas. Oh, but the one, that I talk, the one that I want to talk about, though, is, is the Browns, because oh, any geez. coaching decision that the Browns make... Yeah, did you see the circus? What, in his press conference? Just, no, no, the whole, the whole Browns circus with Greg Williams and everything. Mm. I mean, just... So they had an interim head coach in Greg Williams who was the defensive coordinator before Hugh Jackson got fired. Freddie Kitchens was promoted from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator, and Baker Mayfield was lights out. Baker Mayfield had an incredible run in the final weeks under the supervision 
of Freddie Kitchens. Now, they, they interviewed Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens, decided to go with Freddie Kitchens, and Greg Williams is expected to sign as a defensive coordinator somewhere. But what is the rest of the circus you're referring to? Uh, just the whole circus about Greg Williams leading them and Kitchens staying as the OC. I, I honestly was expecting that. And when I read the headline if it's that said they broken, hired, yeah, fix it. When I read the headline about Kitchens, I thought it said that Williams was taking over the team, and then Kitchens was going to be the offense coordinator. And then it didn't occur to me until a day later. I was like, "Wait a minute, that would have been just fine." Yeah, it would have been just fine. Appar- how, do you, how do you mess that a- one up? Apparently, a lot of this was that John Dorsey was looking for a guy that was willing to do what he wanted. There was a lot uh, of pushback with Hugh Jackson. Greg Williams is the type of guy that's going to give a lot of pushback. But bringing in Freddie Kitchens, he's not that outspoken. Interesting character. I honestly think he's probably more of a better of a offensive mind than LaFleur or maybe Zach Taylor in some of those other situations. But Kitchens, honestly, I, I like the situation of, of keeping what was good at least with Baker Mayfield. They're going to have to figure out the defensive situation. Just trying to retain Greg Williams. It didn't work out. Some Sometimes personalities tend to clash a little bit, and, and John Dorsey's a very strong-willed guy, but did you see what Kitchen said in his press conference? No. They asked him something along the lines of, are you ready for this or are you nervous? Something along those lines. And he said, like, you know, this is a learning pro- um, process for me. I don't know if I'm going to succeed. Uh, and he, he said, oh, no, you asked him if he was ready. He's like, I don't know if I'm ready. We're going to find out. But are you ready when you become a parent? Like, he, he basically was comparing this to being a parent. And he also was saying that he's not sure if he's even ready for it. God. But at least he's honest. I, no, don't be honest. Okay, there. but let's be real here. Don't be Hugh ja- if you ask Hugh Jackson the same question, he wasn't honest and damn well was not ready to be the head coach of the Browns. All right, Joe. Say say you're at an interview for Coldstone, right? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so Mr. DeLeon, do you think you could scoop this ice cream and chop it up on this cold block? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. What? Is that somebody <laughs> that you think will do a good job? No, it's more so after the fact when you're at the press conference and they're they're at, like you know you got reporters everywhere. It's like Joe DeLeon, are you ready to chop up ice cream and mix it all together? <laughs> and then you know, the reporters being shoved in my face, it's like I I don't know if I'm ready. We're gonna have to find out. You know, it's all about a learning process. It's- I know it doesn't really supply any confidence, but this again, is two I two straight re- shows where I've brought an ice cream uh, metaphor in. I don't know what I don't know what <laughs> you, that's about. Are you trying to tell us something? I think it's just freezing outside. Outside. It's no. Do you need help? No. Do I'm you good. need <laughs> Sean? Do you need help? This is like those dream books that that tell you what your uh, what your dreams mean if you keep on seeing a reoccurring theme. We gotta look up what ice is cream. Is that what is that what you're dreaming about? Is ice cream? Not ice cream. I think it's just telling you you need some ice cream. Do we do you need me to take you to get ice cream? Dude, it's like thirty degrees out. I'm should not we, going to get any Should ice we bring cream. ice cream on the show? No, I'm okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I'd rather have I, I you know what I want on the show? Jake Fire. Not ice cream. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you know, for a guy with the last name Fire, he might have the coldest takes. So much yeah. <laughs> like you would think that he would just be you know, going nuts with some of the stuff he says. How many of these? Uh... If my name was Fire, I would just come in here, just like, <laughs> just spouting conspiracy theories. Just like, oh god, oh man. What do you want to touch on? Uh, it's a little out of the blue. Do you want to touch on the um, the one sports rep- uh, 
<clears throat> sports reporter on Twitter bagging all the radio shows. No. They, that tricks him. Are you talking about Barry? Um, yes, Barry M. McCockner? Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, we were you? talking about that with Gresh. <laughs> we were talking about it, and he didn't even say Barry McCockner. He said Barry McCocknicker. That's what oh, he called man. him. So I don't think he gets the joke. <laughs> you see, this is why there needs to be young people in radio at all times because we can. No, I don't know. See Gresh, that is trend. Very, Gresh is very involved, and he knows about all this stuff. I got you, but I'm just saying <laughs> there are older radio show personalities. That get fooled when they just see Ian Rappaport's name and his picture and then just a report. So I think a younger person needs to be monitoring the Twitter feed for these older radio shows because what they were get, Yeah, you need a good intern. Uh, you need one, a good intern. The one oh six seven the fan, the sports junkies. <laughs> In response to the Cowboys loss, Barry tweeted out under the Ian Rappaport. Uh, Wait, do you have the tweet pulled up? Ian Rappaport guys. No, I remember it. By okay. Heart. It was after the in post game, future walks into Seattle locker room, <laughs> slaps Russell Wilson, and has physical altercation, and then the sports junkies reported on that. I mean, one of the guys was like, "Hey, did you see the report that that future was in the locker room after the game and like causing a big commotion?" And it was just the funniest thing that he tricked. How do you get tricked if you're a top six, the biggest show in a top six market? Mm-hmm. You can't let that happen. I think one of us should do a report for ASN on how he keeps duping. That would be hilarious. You think he's that big yet that he gets an ASN article? <laughs> I I don't think we're big enough to really be be picky with who we're uh, no, exactly who we're writing about. <laughs> All right, so we have one we have one DM. Oh, do we? From Nolan Riley, he gave oh. it to us yesterday. Thanks, Nolan. And I've done this one before. I've asked people as a reporter this question just for fun. But would you rather fight? Ten duck-sized horses or one du- horse-sized duck? I think we have we done this one on the show. We have not. Okay, well then we're gonna get to the Tyson one after this. Okay, uh, ten duck-sized horses, one horse-sized duck. Do I have any weapons? No, it's just your bare physical. Fists? Yeah, bare fists. If um, you kill one of them, you can turn one of them into a weapon. Let's just throw that out there. Give me the give me the ten horses. Yeah, ten horses. Because, like, I feel like if if you outnumber them, you know, you back yourself into a corner and you just line them up, or no, not in a corner, like a, like a, a narrow hallway, you just line them up. And they're all just coming at you. you fight oh. one of them at a time. I mean, what if if you're just, quick enough, you just gotta. I don't know. They could hove your calves pretty good, <sighs> but they're not that big. Could, if you, th- you could just run. I, I just feel like them. you'd get annihilated by a freaking. Giant yeah. I mean, duck. The wing, the wing could just take me out. But I, mean, the, no, I wouldn't even consider like a, a giant duck is more dangerous than a regular sized horse. I mean, my <laughs> if you think about it, they got a beak. I mean, my <laughs> that thing's meant to kill stuff. Oh my goodness! All right, come on, Nolan, come with something stronger next time. All right, Joe, <laughs> ten, ten Tyson's uh, would ten Tyson's beat one tiger? Oh, uh, do do all of them need to survive? No. So you let one of them get eaten, and then you just divine conquer. I completely agree. There are dullards on this planet that think that prime Mike Tysons, ten of them, ten prime Mike Tysons. I'm talking heavyweight champion. Heavyweight. How big is the tiger? Uh, it, uh, you know, good-sized, healthy. I mean, not the biggest tiger you've ever seen, but okay. a, a tiger. But like why a- are we giving the benefit of the doubt to 
Mike Tyson, like, why does he get to be in the best possible situation? Why are you playing with my court? Yeah, dude, dude, you are. I'm the tech junkie. I get to deal with the deal with it. Like, I have to hold my court up so you don't step on it, and then I get like. All right, all right, go back to reverberation. Go back to talking about Mike Tyson and tigers. Oh yeah, he would. I mean, you get enough punches on that tiger's noggin, it's gonna go down. I don't know. I feel like a tiger's got a huge, like, thick skull. Obviously. But also, you gotta, you gotta what take about into the account. Eyes? Wait, but you gotta take into account though. You have to punch a tiger without it biting you. I'm telling you, if you sacrifice at the right times, I think you can get it. I think you can get one Tyson on each leg, holding those back. Okay. And one Tyson uh, coiled around the tiger's neck. I think another good question here is though: is Do you think, or how many Tysons do you think would die in the process of being able to beat one tiger? I think at least five. At least five. Wow. Yes. Wow. I mean, they're going to have to fight through. Like, they're going to get clawed, but they have to fight through. They're the sacrificial. But the other five, they'll get it done. That's some uh, interesting odds you have there. I mean, what do you think? I I would I would probably say the 10. Because all, all my idiot friends at home, i.e. Sam Hutchinson, CJ Mosley. Wait, wasn't this an also these, an argument in, in yes. the WRU group chat? Anyone that thinks that the Tiger would win is out of their mind. Because I think that one people fail to take into account is that while – the tiger is an apex predator. You know, it's just king of what it does, which is just killing shit, just ruining stuff. But on the other flip side of that, Mike Tyson's also an apex predator of, of humans. Right. He's gone out there just ruining people, I mean, ruining so, their heads, I'm, biting people's ears off. You I'm, think that he wouldn't bite a tiger's ear off? Oh, yeah. I mean, you remember that video of the guy glassing in the kangaroo? I think so. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, where they were yeah. uh, saving his dog and he just yeah, blasted yeah. the kangaroo. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if that was Mike Tyson. He would have killed that kangaroo. <laughs> I think a kangaroo is a little bit different than a tiger, though. I'm, I'm just saying, so obviously, but you, you get enough Mike Tysons punching that tiger the way that the guy punched the kangaroo. Yeah, I think you got a shot. Thank you. All right. That is going to be it <laughs> for us at. Get to the point. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at GTTP Podcast. Send us DMs with questions. We need a little bit better, better end show content. Just so any send DM. us a, just a good one. Uh, honestly, send us some playful stuff. Who cares about the sports related questions? I, I like it when we have these these fun, playful discussions about just random stuff. It, it, it adds a different level to things. Also, check out Anch- Anchor Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter at Anchor Sports Net. And that's going to be it for us. I'm Jody Leon. I am Sean Anderson. 